welcome to the 29th episode of the most serious podcast in today's episode a former guest of the show returns mr joe morrison he's one of the finest tv anchors of football out there and we talked about two of my favorite topics of conversation which are football and life we talk about how things have changed in the context of football since the last time we spoke the crazy transfers that happened this season the takeover of newcastle which was uh, speculated to be around 300 million dollars we also talk about the prospect of changing the format of football to make it more exciting and engaging for the younger audiences we also discussed perspective and authenticity why is it so hard for people to be their authentic self why do we always feel the fear and anxiety due to social media why do always things have to be perfect for us all of this and a lot more in this episode i always enjoy talking to mr joe morrison I hope you like the conversation today. Let's get into the episode now. Mr. Joe Morrison is back on the most serious podcast. I really loved talking to him last time and uh, that was a very interesting conversation especially the later part of it. Welcome Joe Morrison. Thank you so much for doing this again. Thank you. How are you doing, Joe? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm also doing fine. You know so uh, the last time we we talked and uh, things are now a bit different. uh we changed the setup a little bit and uh, you know the context of uh, the world is also pretty much changed last time we were talking about we started off with chelsea versus manchester city champions league final and you know uh, there was no newcastle takeover back then uh, fc barcelona wow. i think was still was still was still decent is that right <laughs> i don't know mm-hmm. goodness is that all in the space of 6 months is it well 7 and, months and messi messi was still in barcelona ronaldo was still yeah. in juventus Yeah, wow. The world really has turned, doesn't it, in the last 6 or 7 months. Wow. Now that you put it like that, it's it's shocking. I I it's you have to really think about it. Wow. It's crazy. And uh, to think that this all happened, yeah, like you know the timeline is so short and all of these crazy things and not just football wise in general also, you know, the world saw another wave of covid and uh, what not it's it's been crazy, man. I don't know. <laughs> this is a weird time that we are living in. It is a weird time. Um don't get me started on covid. Um is it real? Yes, absolutely it's real. I've had it twice. Um but it's one of those things that we have to deal with and the world has to keep turning and governments and idiots and people that think that the best solution to everything is to lock yourself inside your own house and not face the world is just yep. deluded in my opinion. Um and it's just my opinion. um because there are many challenges out there i mean you know the world is a dangerous place but we have to live in it and we have to get on and that's life you know so i don't i'm not one of these who believes in in uh lockdown shutting ourselves away we need to be exposed to the, in all aspects we need to be exposed exposed to the dangers of the world um so you know there you go in a nutshell i don't want to go off on that <laughs> tangent because i'll go down a rabbit hole you know and end up <laughs> Yeah, for days. I, I, this is something that I totally relate and agree with you. It's, it's been such a, a weird transition from, and I remember, you know, I was, I, I'm still in college, and this is my last semester of college going on right now. And I came back when I was in my third semester. Is I, I think fourth semester. And it's been almost two years now. In a month, it will be two years since I came back home, and wow. it's, it's just been weird, man. You know, living with your friends, you know, hanging out, meeting at least twenty five, thirty people in a day to just seeing mm. those similar two, three faces again. Yeah, it's I, I think as well. Um, obviously, there's a lot more of this, 
you know, yeah. Zoom and, and that kind of interaction, which I don't think is healthy. We we are humans who we are descended from animals. Yeah. Um, that, that physical interaction is really important. Um, so, and, and I worry what the, what the long-term effect is. Um, you know, a, a generation is in particular your generation have lost two years of, you know, what's the, what's the mental health issues that come out of this? You're seeing domestic violence numbers mm. rising because it's a frustrating time. Anyone who's locked in a, you know, uh, the smaller the space, the more the, the, damage that can be done so yeah I, I worry about the long-term effects things that we won't realize maybe it's for years you know but anyway i don't want to get on the to, to that that's a different truth yeah <laughs> and long term like you know the, from football context wise also i was reading this article recently that uh the president of real madrid i don't know if this is correct or not but uh they were discussing about you know that that thing happened with the whole super league creation and everything so they were talking about like how the tension span is dropping and uh, young people are young fans are now more interested in just watching highlights or key moments of the game so they, they they're planning this revenue uh, they're planning this model which uh in which you will be able to watch the last 15 minutes of game because apparently that's uh where the juicier part is and they're thinking that this would be something that that would be successful in the long term. What 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 are your views on this? <laughs> oh, mm, great question. Um, look, if you just talk about the last fifteen minutes, you're going down the basketball route. Mm. At the very beginning of my career, one of the first sports I had to cover yeah. um, as a as a junior reporter was basketball. Okay. And I'm gonna let you into a little secret here, a guilty secret. Um, there were times during the season where I would turn up during the, cause I had to do a very, very short report and it was for radio. Yeah. I had to do this summary report of what happened in the, in the game. And, um, because it was so short, I forget what the length was, 30 seconds or something. I used to turn up, uh, on the odd occasion, not all occasions, which is very unprofessional. I used to turn up halfway through the game or sometimes at the end of the third quarter, because in basketball, Quite often, the points would just ebb and flow, you know, be just a couple of points in it. And then in the last quarter, all hell would break loose and you'd have a result. So it's kind of like you're, you're sort of saying, right, well, the stats show that, you know, the most exciting part of a match is, is in the last 15 minutes. So then we're going down. No, that's no, no, that's a no, that's a <laughs> very slippery slope. That's a very slippery slope. Why don't you instead? And I'm just putting this out there. Um, yeah. And, and I know you know how to press my buttons, so I'm, I'm <laughs> going to get my blood boiling. Um, why don't the suits, the bloody suits, why don't the suits start looking at the game itself and the format of the game and start to think about, is there anything that we can tweak or improve? I'm not talking about wholesale changes, by the way. Yeah. I'm not saying necessarily, um, you know, all singing, all dancing. I'm just saying, is there something that we can tweak and improve? And I'll tell you why. Cricket was... Um, it would, is the word decline the, the right word? Maybe not decline, but certainly the powers that be in cricket were looking at the format. And I'm going back a couple of decades now, yeah. uh, actually three decades. They were looking at the format and saying, right, we have county cricket, we have test cricket, and we have not a lot else. So mm -hmm. then, you know, 50 overs uh, game came into being short form of the game. We now have the big bash, you know, the uh, what's the one that happened in IPL. the UK last year? The, the, oh. um, no, well, we have the IPL as well, but yeah. you know, the 100, is it the 100? Um, so basically what they've done is quite smartly, in my opinion, have looked at the product and said, 
how can we reformat this with, with keeping the essence of the game, keeping cricket fans um, interested so the sport just doesn't die out completely yeah. um, and, and move forward? The same has happened in Formula One in the last couple of years. Since the new owners have come in, Liberty Media have come in, they've yep. started to look at things like sprint races to, de to determine the grid. The cars are changing this year, uh, different size wheels, uh, closer racing, all of these things. Why is football, and by the way, I put this as a, as a poll on social media a few weeks back, and it was amazing the response, but not the response of the poll, forget that. It was amazing the response of the comments. How many people were like, we can't change the game. Uh, well, you can change the game yeah. as long as the bodies, the, the governing bodies change the game. Yes, you can. You know, no, we can't change the game. It is as it is, as it is for the last 150 years. Um, this, this is, you know, no, no. Um, says who? Yeah. Why can't you change the format of the game? Why can't you tweak the format of the game? Why can't you make... Um, you see in water breaks in, uh, in, I, in IPL, um, sorry, uh, Indian Super League. Now, those things are geared for broadcasters. What I'm saying is have a think about gearing certain elements for the audience, mm. for the fans. Because if you are having and we are having this conversation and yeah. people are talking about it on social media saying, you know, I just want to watch the highlights or I don't watch the games anymore – um, the young generation's disinterest, that should ring alarm bells mm. for the powers that be. And anyone who is arrogant enough to sit and say, you know, the legacy, we can't change the format, um, you, did, you deserve to die with the dinosaurs. It's as simple as that. You, you, you end up over time becoming the same people that say, why do we need motor cars? We've got horses. Let's, yeah. let's ride around on horses. Really? Okay. <laughs> So um, we don't need motor cars anymore. Can you imagine telling people now around the world saying, by the way, you drive cars. That's crazy. We have this new invention. It's called a horse. <laughs> yeah. Fuel prices are going up. There's a chip yeah. shortage. You've got to wait two years for your car. You're polluting the atmosphere and the environment. You should ride a horse. <laughs> Can you imagine how people would look at you nowadays? Yeah. Well, that's the same look that was over a hundred years ago when people said, "Let's move to the motor car," and it's the mm -hmm. same look that the that's the certain group of people involved in football and fans of football say you cannot change the format, you cannot tweak the format. Why? Now, the next thing you'd probably say is, "What would you do?" The answer is, "I don't know because I haven't thought it through." However, yeah. you have to start looking at things like. Should there be a point for, for who's leading the first half, a point for who's leading the second half, and a point for who wins the game? Mm. Or a point for the first half, point for the second half, and three points for winning the game? You know, um, little things like that. Maybe there, maybe there should be more jeopardy. Maybe the, you know, a free kick is worth more than, a, than an open play goal or whatever. You know, yeah. a, a set piece is worth less. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. All I'm saying is, that it needs thought through. And that's the reason why there are viewers, especially of the young generation, who are turning out, are tuning out, turning off. Do you also think like, uh, is this, uh, I personally, because I started following football, I, I don't know, like now seven, eight years ago, whatever. So I initially, I found this at, uh, I don't know if, if this is just an Indian thing because uh, 
you grow up watching cricket and you are always fascinated by you know the sixes and the fours and the boundaries and everything so whenever someone starts watching football so and in india i see this a lot yes. some of some of my friends who don't watch football they say ki no one is scoring a goal so why why you why are you seeing this match or you know when when is a goal going to happen or something like that so do you think that uh, conversations like these or changes like these are important because uh, not just from an old right. generation new generation point of view but uh, it's it's also like uh, time to change with the, with the whole narrative and with the whole digitalization that we've had and with the whole of you know series of changes in general we've had like sports have seen uh, fundamental changes across different formats as you mentioned with cricket uh, and you know t20 format was laughed upon in in the 80s or in the 90s and now it's here and now it's booming and mm-hmm. and it's and it sells and still cricket so i think that that that's important yeah that that needs to be thought about what do you what do you think about uh, the new generations point on instant gratification is this do you think that uh, this is the flip side of that coin that uh, i think uh, i think there's a certain part of it is instant gratification yeah. um i think the accusation that all the young generation cares about is instant gratification is actually a little bit misguided and the reason i say that is we all want to be entertained yeah so if you're going to give me sorry if i'm going to give you 90 minutes of my time in that 90 minutes uh, tell me how many thrills i'm going to get hmm. now obviously that's a little bit difficult because we're talking about live sport yeah. so uh, so the reason that i think the young generation is going for instant gratification is basically because they're saying look there were three fabulous highlights from last night's game why should i yeah. waste 90 minutes watching those three fabulous highlights when i can just the next morning or afterwards or even during the game you can get it now key you moments know, clips yeah. Yeah. Key, key moments um why should i waste 90 minutes of my time because what has happened and i think we spoke about this when when we last were on air um the whole landscape is fragmented now when i grew up there were only three tv channels yeah. you go and ask your grandparents probably the similar in india um yeah. and now there are uh, i was going to say thousands it's not thousands it's hundreds of thousands there's millions of of potential outlets there are certainly thousands of platforms where uh, which are trying to capture the attention of the consumer which is you and yeah. i so what are you providing which is it, it, so going back to live sport football in the 80s when i was growing up football the only live matches you could see um domestic matches were the fa cups mm. league games were not broadcast live it was highlights so there was no competition in that particular regard and then all of these other sports were not were not big you yeah. know mountain biking <laughs> didn't exist triathlons <laughs> live broadcast of triathlons that yeah. didn't exist So uh, and then on top of that what you had in the summers was you had a lot of tournament live tournament action which was great. So we grew up watching all the Olympic stars because we could see them. Mm, um, and World Cup stars because you could watch uh, every World Cup game. So um there wasn't a lot of competition for my attention when I was a child. Mm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Now that's completely different. It's completely different nowadays. So This is why I'm talking about the format. You know, do you have to start looking at playmakers and giving them a uh, bigger exposure in the game? So any player that goes in, you know, we talk about now VAR and was it a 50-50 challenge and did he bring yeah. that player down? 
Forget all that. These are, these are, uh, these are marginal decisions. Forget yeah. that. Maybe we should be looking at the big picture and saying, you know anyone that fouls a playmaker? Mm. Send them off for 10 minutes. Sin bins. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's, maybe that's how radical we need to be to say, right, you touch. You know, every time Leo Messi goes, goes for goal and dribbles his way from the halfway line, what are opposition teams trying to do? What have they, they historically tried to do for over the last decade with Leo Messi? You know, if there's a danger, bring him down. Because yeah. he's that threatening. Now, Messi yeah. isn't the only playmaker in the world. There's other playmakers. But teams and, and coaches go out to frustrate the opposition, especially if that team is inferior to the opposition. Yeah. You will go out to nullify the, the threats of that spectacular player or the, the playmakers in that team. So, so you see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm driving at the format and saying maybe we should be making tweaks whereby you cannot spoil the spectacle maybe we should be allowing the playmakers to strut their stuff and do their thing because no one wants to see a nil-nil draw including me and that's true and, and see uh, what I've seen is like I've been playing FIFA I, I don't know do you play FIFA or are you or is, have you reached that age where I, you... I type like this on the keyboard <laughs> you know so my hand-eye coordination is uh, non-existent we we have to I have to get you play FIFA sometime you know I'll, you I'll definitely try I like the real world you know I like to see real football matches not the not the virtual world yeah see I'm all for it and uh, you're talking to a football fanatic but uh so, so what they do in FIFA is they've, they've now made some quick play modes wherein you have different, uh, you know, the fundamentals of, they've changed certain uh, types of modes in which you can play. So you can have, let's say you score a goal and then one random player is ejected from the team. And uh, let's say you keep a position in one area of the box, then you, the chances of you, if you score a goal, then, then it's counted as two. So there are things like that. If you take, let's say 80% position and then you score a goal, then that is counted as more. So things mm. like that. So these changes, I I don't know. They they tried out in the in the virtual environment. I don't know if, if if this could be worked out. It could be. It could be certainly worked out if if they got down to it. But yeah, that's that's crazy. And what what I have to ask you this also. You are a Newcastle fan. Newcastle three hundred. What was it? Three hundred billion takeover. I man, the numbers uh, are three hundred million, three hundred five million, three hundred five million. Sorry, which, which by the way, in the modern day game, is a steal. It's a steal that a Premier League football club like Newcastle, with the fan base that it's got, three hundred million. That's a steal, an absolute steal. It's crazy, and and they've signed. They've they've got three new signings this January window. Five, won, five, five players they brought in. They they won yesterday. Did you watch yesterday's match? Yes, yes, it was brilliant. It was real high tempo. It was good stuff. It was deserved goals, deserved three points. Yeah, it was fabulous. It's crazy. It was really good. And I'm a bigger believer in momentum as well. You know, mm. when that kind of when that kind of stuff gets going, when you <clears throat> that's two wins on the bounce now, they've got another home game at the weekend. Momentum is a huge thing and it works in both directions. And actually, momentum is a lesson for life. You know, when you're on the front foot, keep pushing and keep going because the wind is in your back. Um when you're on the back foot, you know, the wind is against you, you tend to go backwards and life's a struggle. Um, I'm a big believer that when you get on a, a kind of a roll, as the saying goes, um, to, to keep pushing and keep going. Don't rest, keep going because you want to try and the, the wind will be against you again at some point in the future. But just keep trying to roll forward, you know, we can, and 
extend that momentum. And that's Newcastle are the same. They've got the crowd behind them. There's a feel good yeah. factor around the city. It's a one team city. People forget that. Mm. It's a one team city. Most teams in the Premier League are not one team cities. You know, there might be a one team town, but they're not a one team city. city. Yeah. Manchester, London, you know, the uh, Liverpool, two team cities. London <clears throat> has a crazy amount of clubs. What let, let me come back to what you just said, you know, momentum is also something that could be thought on from a life point of view as well. Do you find that uh, is are there some hacks that Joe Morrison has figured out on how to sustain sustain that period of uh, poor moment or when you know the tide is against you and it's sometimes it's it just happens that you're trying anything and it, it isn't working and it feels like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders so what are it's your a, hacks on it that's a great way to put it actually hacks because normally when i get asked a question similar to this it's like advice and i hate dishing out advice yeah. you know and i get pushed on it and it's like my life is very different to your life yeah and i have taken certainly with regards to my career i have taken huge risks yeah um with regards to my career and not all but majority of those risks have paid off but that might not be for you you might go and take the same risks that i have and it could all fail so i would That's never true. advocate that um in terms of hacks what i would say is look as you probably well know and you see on my social media i love uh, the mountains i did kilimanjaro last summer i went up kilimanjaro which was really tough um base camp of everest i think what those things and, and any of your uh, viewers who are watching this will understand who are hikers or who are climbers will understand is you cannot at any point during that however long it takes let's say it's a week to to go up to this summit yep. um you cannot at any point focus on the summit that, that's not how it works you ask any climber about that it just doesn't work like that you have mm-hmm. to break it down into little pieces so i'll give you an example when i did base camp of everest i think it was day 4 or day 5 i was with a friend of mine a really good friend of mine and he was a terrible snorer like at <laughs> night time now you're exhausted there's altitude oh sickness God, yeah. and every night when we were getting into these little tea huts to to sleep in our sleeping bags it was cold it was bloody cold he was like yeah. and this guy could sleep through he could sleep through an earthquake you know a, a volcano erupting <laughs> so i didn't get any sleep so it got to a head where i'm exhausted it was day 4 and i think i'd slept 30 minutes the night before and yeah. he woke up and bounced out of bed full of life and energy and morning <laughs> So um uh, yeah and even I was the only way I could stop him but it only lasted for for 10 minutes before he would start again was to throw my pillows over onto his bed so that it it shook him enough that he stopped snoring. Anyway, got a long story short, that morning I decided that's it. I can't go any further. I'm exhausted. I'm mentally exhausted, I'm physically exhausted. The altitude sickness was getting to me. I was cold, hungry. But what I did was I remember saying to myself Right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get changed, put my boots on, and I'm going to go for breakfast and then I'm going to tell the the team leader that's it. Thank you very much. I've come this far, but I'm going to head back. Yeah. And I had breakfast and I felt a little bit better about myself, you know, I had a cup of tea and felt a little bit better and I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? This is still the day I'm quitting by the way. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to go to because every morning we had a tea break that was kind of halfway between where we started and and where we finished up for lunch. Yeah. I I'm just going to go to the tea break, sit with the team, uh have a cup of tea and then I'm going to say thank you very much and quit. It was a nice day. 
So I got to the tea break and then I thought, right, actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get to the lunch. So you see the pattern that's emerging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you're going, when you're facing those headwinds to answer your question, you have to break it down into little pieces. And I've had that in my life. And all I do is I'm just going to get through today. And then Mm -hmm. tomorrow, you know what? I'm not worried about um, uh, more negativity coming my way, more problems coming my way at the weekend. I'm not worried about the weekend. I haven't even got to the weekend. We haven't even got past past Thursday yet, you know? So there are two things that I always keep in my mind. Your shit day is exactly that. It's your shit day. That does not guarantee that tomorrow is also a shit day. Mm. Yeah. Because it's about your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you, if you haven't slept like I didn't on the, on the way up Everest, my perspective on that bad day was worse than let's just take it to, if I'd been at sea level, no altitude, had a good night's sleep. Right. And then someone said, by the way, we are going to be hiking, uh, whatever it was, 11 kilometers that day. And we're going to be rising, uh, 2000 feet. Would I, would I have been in a, in a different mood? Of course I would. Yeah. Cause I was, I was fresh. So yeah. it, it's about controlling your perspective on mm-hmm. what's going wrong, what's shit in your life. And I always, I've always had this measure for many, many years, which is there are seven days in a week, right? Yeah. Try and make sure that the majority of those days are good days because you will have bad days. And thankfully, and I'm lucky, um, thanks to the powers that be, uh, I know every week I'm going to have one bad day. Mm. I know that. Yeah. So don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> I just go through each day and then I go, oh, today's a bad day. Right. That's my one bad day. I know the other six are going to be good. So, by the way, it might not be six for you. Mm. It might be only four for you. As long as you can have the majority of that week, which are positive days, something good comes out of it. You mm. know, you didn't miss your bus. Yeah. Um, you know, you got the promotion at work. The That um, bloody Z-list celebrity that you were trying to email to get on your <laughs> podcast is replied to you. They are little wins, but it still makes it a positive day. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you're going through a tough time, try and get four positive days knowing that you're going to have three bad ones. And that's how I just target it and measure it. But that's my own little thing. Everyone has their own little thing. But in summary, break it down into little pieces and go, Today's a shit day. I've just got to battle through today because when I wake up tomorrow morning, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I could get you a know, phone call to someone saying, hey, do you, uh, you know that job you applied to two months ago and you, you, they disappeared? Yeah. Hey, you know, we talked two months ago. Do you want to, uh, uh, that makes sense? That makes sense. And uh, you see, like uh, from both the conversations that we have had and this one also, what I really like about you is uh, some people have this constant need of fabricating things as positive always. So you are the kind of a person <laughs> that will say that it's a shit day and this today is yeah. a bad day and just accept yeah. it. Oh, by the way, I, I, is it my most hated word in the dictionary? Um, I know that I use it sometimes and I try <laughs> not, I, I stop myself and go, Joe, what the fuck are you doing? Um, the word amazing. Everything is amazing. Yeah. This is amazing. This is the most amazing <laughs> meal I've ever had. This is the most amazing Easy, sunset. Man. Oh, shut up, will you? Yeah. Because by the way, um, what you're doing, and this is on a serious note, what you yeah. do when you constantly talk like that and you constantly project your lifestyle, especially on social media yeah. like that, is you lose the authenticity. And that's really important because mm. 
I don't believe that every single thing that you do and that happens in your life is amazing. I have yeah. shit days. Yeah. That's true. It's like, it's like, this is not the most amazing cup of tea that I've <laughs> ever had in the morning. It's pretty yeah. damn good because I made it, but it's not amazing. And yeah. you know what? This is my second cup of, t- cup of chai today. <laughs> and the first one I made yeah. um, was terrible because I put the, the, the hot water in and then I went off and forgot about it and I came back and it was cold. Yeah. And it, it's not amazing. It was shit. Yeah. So um, you're absolutely right. I think, so, so it's not about, it's authenticity is what it is. It's mm-hmm. saying that, look, uh, things are not going great. And someone actually approached me a few months back and said, yeah. have you ever thought about doing a sort of like a, a series of films, short, short films like yeah. YouTube and stuff um, that are more anti-hero-esque? And I mm. said, what do you mean by that? And they said, I think that you, and they were talking about Budgie as well. Yeah. Um, they said, um, you know, everyone posts pictures of their smashed avocado and poached egg on sourdough bread in the morning. You know, that's their breakfast. Whereas we can imagine that there are times when you are having the, you know, the greasy, oily, (laughs) um, not healthy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do have that sometimes. (laughs) Usually once or twice a week, actually. I'm not all smashed avocados and gymnasiums and all that kind of, you know, so it's about authenticity, I think is the lesson that comes out of that. That's true. And it all also like why why do you constantly need to have that pressure of having that amazing life you know having the best day or everything just going your way sometimes it could be shit and you could accept that and move on i mean that's that's the way you authentically are able be to real. appreciate the good days yeah be real that's do true. i live a healthy lifestyle yes i do uh but there are some nights where i just go ah fuck it you know let's get a pizza in yeah and I don't beat myself up about it. Now, if I was having pizza every night and not looking after myself in any way, shape or form, that's a yep. different matter altogether. True. You know, my, my father, my late father used to always say, don't be a slave to anything. And it's true. And what he meant by that is, you know, you like a beer, fine, go get drunk. But if you're drinking and getting drunk every night, you're a slave to drink. Yeah. If you're ordering pizzas every night, you're a slave to pizzas. You know, if you're working seven days a week, 24 hours a day, you're a slave to work. Um, If you go to the gymnasium (laughs) two hours a day, every day of the week, you're a slave to the gymnasium. It doesn't, it's not mentally healthy in my opinion. That's true. I I really appreciate those words. Tell me, Joe, uh, what do you think? Is it, uh, is it a totally random question, but is it good to be or better to be a big fish in a small pond? Or a small fish in a big pond? To answer your question, um, and it's a great question, by the way, I think the most important thing is the realization of who you are and where you are. Okay. Um, we all start off small. I was a small fish in a small pond to begin with. You know, uh, my career, regional, junior reporter in a regional broadcaster. Yeah. Um, then you become a, a big reporter. You've made a little bit of a name for yourself, um, it, but you're still in a small pond. You're in regional. I think then it's about understanding where you are at that particular point in time. Because if you don't, you will never push on and become that, uh, that small fish in a big pond. You need to keep increasing the size of your ponds. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And, uh, and there, there, there are people here, by the way, in yeah. just in the UAE. I know people and, and broadcasters and uh, here in the UAE, who are more than happy to be here in the UAE, you know, nice sunshine, nice lifestyle, tax-free, all the rest of it. Mm. Um, but they have no ambition to go to a bigger pond. 
to go mm. to the UK, for example, I've kind of done it the other way around, but yeah. you know, it's like uh, Asia is a pretty big pond. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm more than happy with what I've done and the, and the way I've done it in that particular regard. But I think you need to always have a realization of, of, you know, what am I, am I now a big fish in a small pond? Have I outgrown this pond? Then I need to move. What, what point do you think Joe is, uh, or is it, is it very personal for everyone? but uh, it could be very personal for everyone. You know, this realization of, am I a big fish now for this point? But do you think according to your experience, there are some markers or there are some literal signs from where you can pick, okay, I've stopped growing or like, it's one thing to be ambitious. It's one thing to be over ambitious and it's just plain healthy to, to, I, I just sometimes feel, and I've read and I've heard some philosophers or, you know, people talk about mm -hmm. this, that chase difficult things or, you know, try to do difficult things in the process of them. You figure out who you really are and who you really want to be play difficult games yeah. that allows you to yeah. discover. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's important and I'm no philosopher. Um, yeah. so, um, Budgie's the philosopher. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the most important thing is, uh, or what I always ask myself is, as I, am I comfortable? Okay. So doing what I'm doing, is this comfortable? Is this easy for me? If it's easy, the, you need to start thinking about what you're doing next. Mm. You know, going That's and right. doing the Facebook project was a huge challenge to me. Mm. It was a tech company. They did things very different, operated very differently. Audience engagement was a huge part of what we did. Um, so it was very uncomfortable, especially at the beginning. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think comfort is probably the answer to your question. If you feel comfortable and you don't feel, if you don't go get those little butterflies in your stomach mm. by what you're doing, you need to move. You need to be thinking about where am I going next? What am I doing next? Or, you know, where's the next challenge? Sometimes, by the way, that's not the nature of your work. Sometimes that's the nature of your environment and the people you're surrounded by. Okay. And no. what exactly surround do you yourself mean with that? surround yeah. well surround yourself with people who challenge you. Okay. You know? Mm, surround it, and, and I must admit it's it's really hard. So when I was doing the Facebook project, um, you know, I was surrounded by a team, a production team, very dedicated production team, and, and really good people as well. They or majority, actually no, all of them, I think, had come from traditional TV where the you know the the anchor um, is the be all and end all, um, the last word, you know, all of that. And it was hard at the beginning to encourage them to, to challenge me, to say, yeah. no, I disagree. Mm. And then over a period of time, and they all did it, it you know, they all uh, had a better understanding over a period of time. They came to that and were like, I disagree. I challenge you. No, that's not right. Joe, you're chatting shit. Um, that's just stupid, Joe. You know, that's a crazy idea. No, forget about it. You need that. You need that. You need people to, you know, to surround yourself with people who are, um, by the way, this is not about saying no. There's a difference between being challenged and just everything being a no. Like, mm. you know, if it's the same as we chatted just before we started this about, COVID and lockdowns, you know, yeah. well, yeah, it's very easy to the solution to COVID and lockdowns to just lock down forever. Then no one dies. Mm. Uh, well, actually what you'll find is people start dying of other things. So um, as they're trapped in their houses, you know, 
So um, it's about being challenged, which is which is different to just the answer to everything is no. Let's uh, uh, also like you know talking with you. This is why I like talking with you, and I mentioned this again. You 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 are at least in some sense a breeze of authenticity, if nothing else. What I want to wrap this conversation up with is that uh, dealing with criticism. We talked about this last time also. and i spoke with uh, with a gentleman who's who's like a bit aged in the previous episode you know how to deal with criticism and all that he, he was a what sorry uh he was he was you know a psychologist and he wrote a book on right. criticism and he's he's been a professional speaker and trainer and all of that mm. so he talked about you know uh, understanding criticism not taking it to your heart and everything but i still feel that uh, sometimes when we were talking about this being authenticity and being real so people struggle with that in a sense that uh, they're afraid to be real and you know the pressures of social media and it's inherent right and you didn't have mm-hmm. that growing up so do you have anything not not textbook advice but how to actually differentiate between what's real and what's not like why why always have this uh, constant need of approval for for social media or having that perfect life uh the the easy answer is not give a f- <laughs> <laughs> um and you know what that yeah. is the line and that is the ridiculous laugh that actually runs through my head when i am criticized in that particular regard um you know the the only criticism that's important is yeah. in a work environment is your boss um because they keep you gainfully employed <laughs> so if if they if they criticize it then you have to take note of it and you have to understand it and you have to understand where they're coming from and why mm. um and then obviously your close members of your family you know if your your mother knows you better than anyone and if your mother says you're you're being an idiot then you're being an idiot but if yeah. the wider world and especially the social media world is saying you're being an idiot then who cares you know um and the most important thing I think is being self-effacing and being able to laugh that you know what I find absolutely fascinating in particular during the last year or two yeah is um uh Netflix uh, not just Netflix many platforms the so many of them the the, the viewership of these one hour stand up comedy specials is going through the roof true yet at the same time the criticism of what comedians say is also going through oh, the roof that's crazy so who who is right yeah. now to me it's like wait a second if people were turning off and saying oh i'm really sorry this particular comedian what he says is outrageous it's unacceptable um that's not humor that's not funny that's not comedy hold on a second but you watched it <laughs> yeah and you laughed at it at that <laughs> point you laughed at, at it, it. Yeah. Yeah, or or you you if you didn't laugh at it then you certainly reacted to it. You know, yeah. sometimes it's not about laughing at it. Sometimes you might wince at it and go, "Oh my god, that was ooh, that was that <laughs> was a true. little bit that, that was a little ooh, that was a little bit close to the bone that one." <laughs> um so and and that's the mantra and I just finished uh reading a book about the guy who was the senior script editor at Top Gear, BBC Top Gear. Yeah. Uh, during their most successful years and it's really fascinating to get this inside uh perspective on what was the, the most successful car show on the planet ever mm. so um and he and he said that basically as they became more successful more criticism came and mm. it's amazing how many even football fans say that I could coach this team you know and and 
they're not saying it just as a kind of throwaway line. They genuinely believe in themselves that they could be professional football players if they had a bit more skill, of course, yeah. or they could be a, a professional football coach um, if they were given the opportunity. And it's always about, I never got the opportunity to play when I was younger or to be coached. And I never got the opportunity to become a football manager or football coach, except on PlayStation. Mm. So, um, so the, they couldn't. My answer is always, you couldn't. And I'll tell you why you couldn't. Yeah. Anyone can become a professional player physically. Yeah? Anyone. Cool. If they were given the right environment, you know, the right coaching staff, the right uh, uh, physical trainer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, anyone can, can do that. The bit that they cannot do is handle pressure. What is pressure? Pressure is criticism. That's what it is. Yeah. If you're the manager of Real Madrid and you've lost three games in a row, do you not think your entire world on and off the internet is being bombarded with negativity and criticism? Mm, that's true. So that's why you're seeing a large number of uh, great top X players coming through as coaches. Mm. Uh, they're succeeding. And coaches who have fabulous credentials but maybe weren't a big name player in the world of football are struggling. Mm -hmm. Because they've never faced the same level of criticism as a top player. You know, can you imagine the criticism Zidane got after the World Cup headbutt, headbutt in, in 2006? Can you imagine? Unimaginable. No, I can't. So put no. that alongside the criticism of Real Madrid losing a game. Do you think he cares? He's seen <laughs> it all before. Yeah, that's he, true. He's got, you know, he's, he's, he's probably got a boat moored off, the, the, off of Saint-Tropez. He's got a beautiful family, beautiful wife. You know, lovely life. I don't I get fired. Yeah, I get my payoff, you know, from being sacked. Why do I care? Yeah. So coming back to your original point, um, being able to laugh it off is so important. Why do you care? I really don't care. There are people who are much bigger in the world of a lot of people who are much bigger in the world of football than I am in the world of football broadcasting than I am. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care yeah. what you what you think and what you say and all the rest of it. It's like, and by the way, you want to criticize them? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you know, because, yeah. because we were brought up. I don't know if you have this saying when you were kids as well, but we had this saying brought up and I really believe this with regards to social media, which is why I hate cancel culture. Mm. Um, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Mm. And that reminded to everyone when it comes to social media, you can call me anything you want, by the way, and I don't care. I won't be offended by it. You know, might raise an eyebrow, but I won't be offended by it. However, if you arrive at my front door with a stick to beat me, whoa, that's a different thing altogether. That's mm -hmm. unacceptable. You know, very unacceptable. That's the transition. I think that's been lost and... I don't know. Like, I hope people do learn it. Some people learn it the hard way and going through all of that seriousness, holding yourself, you know, too seriously all the time. And eventually you do realize that oh, exactly. nobody cares. So exactly. And, th and there are some young presenters out there. I can tell you the day they graduate to be real uh, anchors, to go from being a reporter presenter to being an anchor. And it's the day they stop retaliating to negativity on social media. If you cannot handle the negativity on social media, you cannot be the guy who's anchoring a World Cup final. You can't do it because not every person that watches you likes what you do. That's just the world. Yeah. 
Did everyone in your class at school like you? No, of course not. Yeah. So, so what happened at school? Did you stop going to school? <laughs> no. You know? Yeah. You, 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 you've arrived at college. Yeah. Yeah. You're going from the college environment into the workplace environment. The, let's call it the corporate environment. Yeah. So at all of these stages in your life, junior school, senior school, college, and then the workplace, at any of those points when you had that percentage, and it'll have increased or decreased during that time, it might have been 20% of your class in junior school hated you, it might yeah. have been 30% in, in high school, it might have been only 10% in college. When you go through those stages, did you stop at any of those stages and say, I'm not going to college because when I was at high school, 20% of the class didn't like me? The same principle applies. Why are you wasting your energy on that 20%? Why don't you focus your energy on the 80% that actually like you? And that's also a good, I think, a good mantra for life. People say, like, work on your weaknesses. No, no, don't work on your weaknesses. Fuck your weaknesses. You have strengths that I don't have. So yeah. work on your strengths. Yeah, you mm -hmm. might be a fast runner, and let's put it into an Olympics term a, a, yeah. a thing. You might be a fast runner, and I might be good at, at, uh, at high jump. So what? I have to focus on my running, do I? And you no. should focus on your high jump? Jumping, no. Yeah, that makes sense. Just forget about the high jump. You're never, ever going to win a gold medal at the high jump. So focus on the running where you actually might win a medal, and I'll focus on the high jump where I can win a medal, and I'll forget about the running. That's life, man. Don't work on your weaknesses, work on your strengths. I think that sums it up. Uh, that wraps this episode. Uh, <laughs> always a pleasure, man. I think uh, talking to you on, on this, through this podcast also, and apart from uh, before recording, we were talking, I, 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 I really like these conversations. I think they, they allow in somewhat in this whole, you know, mess of, uh, you know, I don't know if it's fair to call it a mess, but whatever this whole traffic of, uh, you know, information that we are bombarded with every day. Some things like these, noise. these conversations, noise, exactly. Yeah. White noise. Also, sometimes you don't even know that you're thinking about yeah. it. You don't even know that it's yeah. present. And uh, yeah, there is, there is a, there, there's a, there's a certain noise. You're absolutely right. It's noise. It's like, um, one thing people don't know. And another thing I've ever told you this is I never watch the news. Do I know what's going on in the world? Yes, I do. Because I'll have conversations with other people who will say, oh, have you heard about the Russians parked on the border with Ukraine? And we're like, oh, right. Okay. And yeah, they're going to invade. So I'm aware. I do yeah. not have, I put music videos on or sometimes just music. Um, first thing in the morning when I wake up, my brother yeah. watches the news first thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I think. I'm not, I'm not interested. I'm not, it, it, it's like, how is, what's going on in Ukraine? How does it affect me? You know? What can I do about it? Yeah, I totally relate to that. That's awesome. Uh, Joe, you know, talking to you was so much fun. I, I always enjoy it. I hope you do as well. <laughs> now I'll yeah. let you go uh, do whatever you were doing previously. Thank you so much for being on this, on this podcast. I'm going, I'm going to uh, read the news. <laughs> <laughs> And this brings us to the end of this really awesome episode of the most serious podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it did add some value in your life. We will be back again with another interesting conversation pretty soon.